0: What is up you amazing listeners and viewers tuning in from whichever platform you love to get your podcast from I'm your host Chronic from Tuesdays with Chronic as well as I have my co-host here Jason what is up? And we are back with another episode of, like I said, Tuesdays with Chronic. And in today's episode, we are going to be going over some serious topic uh, topics on finishing, harvesting, drying, the whole nine yards of taking down your plants. So be sure to smash that like button, comment down below, and follow along from whichever platform so you can show our sponsors this show some major love. And that's TMB Naturals, Hydro Bucket, Atlas Seed, and the Flower Review. So be sure to show them some major love. Um, now, this was uh, Jason's idea for the episode so i'm gonna let you get started with a fun question for the night and uh as you uh, as i was telling you i'm actually over here in trim jail so i'm going to be trimming while we actually talk about this podcast about harvesting and other things so what what awesome. more of a perfect awesome, fit. My bro. <laughs> yeah we all we all love a little trim jail right yes absolutely
1: i mean i mean is it really jail man like re- in the reality of it you know we're 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 uh flexing our uh our uh, cannabis uh, uh, privilege, I guess you would say there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: it is. Trim jail. I mean, it's not really jail, but yeah, for sure, when you have a lot of plants, it definitely, it definitely time sucks. It. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's definitely time to it. I,
0: I'll
1: say this. I'll say this. If you aren't growing just a lot of thick tops and you're getting a lot of little popcorn golf balls there, you're spending a lot of
0: day working on them little pieces yep a hundred percent without a doubt
1: so what's what you puffing on tonight my guy
0: so i have well i'm chopping down i chopped down cream tasmo and uh, alaskan purple and fruit by the foot from atlas but i'm smoking on mandarin spritzer incredible bulk and lemon diesel what about yourself
1: okay is that flour is no that flour it's those
0: dabby dabs yeah, you're dabbing it up, man. Yeah, I need to get myself some
1: dabs. But that's why I'm about to do myself a nice wash. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, tonight, I'm smoking on some alien gorilla cookies um, from that Aki...
0: Uh, 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 aqua. Aki? Gen- okay, Aki? Okay, 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 I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their,
1: their, their genetics are fire, man. Like, um, those plants, they grew really fast, vigorous, and... Uh, I had really zero issues with them. They were very hungry though. That's the one thing I, I think um, I wasn't expecting from the auto flowers, how actually hungry those girls were. Okay, um, They could have used a bit more nitrogen than I uh, fed. Um, I pretty much um, mixed a very light amount of amendments into the original soil. When I started with pretty much just worm castings and then I fed them with a light um, amino acid that had a very small amount of n- uh, nitrogen to it and um, Pretty much up until they transitioned into flower. Okay.
0: Yeah, sounds like a pretty solid feed. Um, I mean, sometimes autoflowers are very heavy uh, f- eaters. These Mephisto genetics were pretty heavy eaters on me, and they got a little ugly at the end there, like uh, eating pretty much the full supply that I was feeding them. So I totally feel that, just trying to balance that and weight, but not like overdo it right at the end.
1: Okay. So let's talk about. Um... Your thought processes and what you get started with right before you decide you're going to start chopping down your plant. Um, so, what are you looking for when you go to chop your plant? When I go to chop mine, I kind of wait until I don't see any more white hairs or as little as possible. And, um, depending, really, depending on what I'm shooting for, if I want a sleeper or if I want something that's very functional. Um, that's where I get into how much amber is on my trikes. Yes. Um, you know I might go as as little as five percent, um, and as high as twenty yeah, percent if I really want a sleeper. What do you do?
0: Um, so yeah, pretty much same thing. Uh, pistols are always a good kind of telltale sign of maturity. Um, whenever they start getting to that orange or hairs. Um, but yeah, I I honestly, I keep a jeweler's loop and I just check the trichome ratios. I always go to at least, uh, usually about 8% amber for my euphoric or sativa, just because I don't like super, super go, 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 go. Like, I like the ones that do make me kind of relax and chill out because okay. tattooing, you know, we're sitting in one spot all day. So I just kind of like to just, like, chill in the zone, just kind of focus on life thing, like, not keep my mental uh, pace go going. But if it's going to be, like, a strain meant to, like, my fiance and I grew this one to just, like, specifically, like, go hike or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be a little less amber. Um, I'm going to pull that one pretty quick, you know, like the hairs aren't going to all be orange, that kind of thing. But yeah, my ratio for indicas or like in the couch or whatever you want to call that, mountainous, whatever you want to say, I usually let those go like above 12 to 15%, usually to 20% amber, because I like things that actually put me to sleep, sleep. So I want to go night, night. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's generally my rule of thumb. And I usually... If I think it should come down that day, I'll usually give it 24 hours just to really make sure that I catch all the trichomes. Like, if I think it's right around, like, I usually just give it one more day just to make sure the ripeness is truly there. Can't really hurt a little okay. bit, but yeah, I usually do 24 hours. Um, but yeah, I, I I chop, and then um, my my actual process has changed over the years because of the tools that I've actually got a hold of. So um, what I used to do would be chop, hang for 24 hours um, in dark, upside down, well, um I'd put the plant in darkness for 24 hours, then chop in darkness. And then I would um, hang it upside down for a full week of dark. And then it would be hung upside down for about 14 days in total. And then it would go to jars and I would do my whole burping regimen. But all of that has completely changed since I've gotten the can of troll.
1: Okay. And so that's where me and you um, split the field and we do a little something different. Yep. Um, You're using can of troll and that is... That is the top of the tier we're all shooting for, um, and if you're on that budget, um, that's an awesome option to be able to get into. Because not only is it gonna help dry, um, it's also gonna help store. Yes, right. Yes. So, so you can you can pack it full. Um, once your next run comes in, if I'm not mistaken, you can toss it into brown paper bags, mm-hmm. label it push it to the side and put in your next run. Yep.
0: I just keep mine straight up on the little plates because generally what I do is I go and I, uh, it's the bud that I'm consuming when I'm smoking. So, um, you know, usually what I'll do is I have this little container that I take with me to my job And, um, that's like my smoke for the day or whatever. And like, um, or like for the week, you know, it's a pretty big container. It's an ounce container. So I can stuff it or a half ounce container. I can stuff a half ounce in it. Um, so I usually fill it up and then the rest of the bud just chills in the can of just straight up on the thing. And it's kind of just like go in and grab a nug kind of thing. Um, I'm sure if I had like, I haven't, I haven't full packed it to where, um, I haven't fully packed it and packed it and packed it, but yes, if you get overpacked and you need space on your on your trays, you can pack all your product into a brown paper bag and then roll that brown paper bag slightly, like you know, like like fold the crease down, and then you'll uh, you'll have yeah. a good. Little storage there because it essentially is keeping a it's like a keeping a perfect environment for everything and um, you yeah. know when it goes through the dry cycle it goes through a three day dry cycle that um, puts it at a specific temperature humidity and then dew point so the dew point is really yes. what stole me on the the whole uh, really talking about them a ton and really putting it out there um, they're actually going to be coming on the podcast here soon so we'll get to chat with them
1: okay cool um, so now. The way I dry is extremely controversial <laughs> um, because the way I'm drying is I'm using a product called the Herbs Now Dryer, yeah. and it's doing a four-day dry versus a three-day dry. Um, and I, I think a lot of people in the um, cannabis community are just afraid of new ways. Um, and I'm here to tell everybody I'm not sponsored by the man and I, I smoke fire and I would not use the product if I, if it ruined one of my plants. Yeah. Um, but it does basically a similar to a food dehydrator, um, but at a, I guess, on and off intervals of temperature change. Okay. Um, and then you put it into your curing process and just like normal, it's back to good. It's, it's fire and it's, it's a really quick method and there's no 60, 60. Long, slow, dry, um, which is just like that's the way everybody's been doing it for, ever. Yeah, right. Um, but that allows microbes to possibly flourish. So if you don't have a controlled environment that's just super perfect in that scenario, stuff can go south.
0: It definitely can. Uh, that's generally where people lose most of their money: is uh, harvesting or curing, or uh, specifically curing is kind of the stage that everyone f- uh, messes up. Because uh, if you if you have too much moisture in your bud and you didn't do a long enough dry and you put it into exactly. your jars, the moisture is going to expel and then you're going to potentially have botrytis or um, some yep. sort of Those mold Those microbes, film. they start flourishing. Mm-hmm. So having stuff that is – you know the herbs now dryer is controversial because of the way it dries things, and when you get into the whole science behind like terpenes, and if you're like, if you're actually gonna like go to a dispenser or go to a lab and like like do this versus that, like sure, I'm, I'm sure someone could prove that maybe it's damaging of some sort or it's not the best. But I'm in the full agreement that when it comes to um, home growing, I completely use the phrase "work smarter, not harder." Um, you know, Mm -hmm. most people are mobile, uh, limited. If you're growing for a medical reason, most of the time you either have pain, you can't lift up a certain amount of weight, whatever the, whatever, maybe if you're a fully functioning person. Trimming is a lot. Trimming takes a lot of time. I'm sitting here doing it on on podcast. Normally, I would pay attention fully to the podcast. Not that I'm not paying attention. But I also uh, don't feel like being awake until uh, midnight tonight, which I probably <laughs> will be, uh, trimming these plants. So I have to do it while I've, I've been doing it all day and taking short little breaks here and there but this is part of trimming i mean this is part of growing is is you you got to grow all that stuff and then you got to you got to trim it or harvest or extract it and so you know if you're not if you don't have a full extract lab and you're you're not just going to go fresh frozen and and not worry about trimming or or curing or any of that then you have to worry about curing and drying and doing all that um is it a process? Yes. Can it be done without all the fancy equipment? Yes, but like what Jason was saying is it's kind of outdated. Um, there are a lot of very useful pieces of equipment that growers have made for other growers. You know, um, They're not gimmicks. There are some gimmicks out there, but I don't consider the herbs now – to be a gimmick there were these things back in the day that were essentially like dehydrators like he was talking about but they would like just just blast your herb with like it was like a hot it was like a blow dryer it was like a blow dryer and they were just terrible they would dry up your shit they would make it smell like hay um, they weren't good, yeah. but a lot of these companies that – or a lot of people who, who used to use those methods or like those methods because they needed to do it because of the circumstance that they had issues with the humidity in their state, um, destroying their butt or whatever, kind of have brought a science to it to where um, a lot of these products are actually backed up by some sort of like, oh, well, we do a degrees of like – flushing the chamber with this much temperature and this much and we let the dupe get get here there's so much information out there that it's not like a guessing game anymore for any company to make a product and with no. a lot of people need to one thing that i want to reiterate because i have one sitting next to me and i can do a lot of things with my printer actually as a matter of fact um i don't have any of my prints but i have printed almost this level of quality but like 3D printers the, the little things where you yeah. print like stuff like that those have yeah. made uh, growing stuff come and just stuff in the world comes so far uh, with people printing yeah. uh, components just to test and to uh, figure out to see if it works and growing. The little snap in 90 degree plant traders came from 3D uh, printers. So, yes. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things that I think people need to reconsider when, when speaking out on products because there are a lot of growers who do see a need for a product in the industry for certain people. And maybe that product isn't for you, but it doesn't mean it's not useful for someone else. Um, so I, yeah. I always definitely advise people to go look at products like herbs. Now there's another one out there. That's like one of those. um, uh, It's like a, Damn, what was it called? It's very popular. People constantly talk to me about it, but it's a little cheaper than the herbs now thing and, like, it doesn't do okay. the uh, – it doesn't go on and off. It's like – it's it basically just gets the, to its specific temperature and humidity range and then sucks out okay. all the extra moisture over the, like, five-day period or something like that.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean I've seen, like, the dry tents that you hook to your tent and yep. it just spins the buds there, there's a lot of different ways to paint a painting. That's what it, what it ends up coming down yep. to. Uh, we can do art a million different ways. And that's the funny part about the sixty sixty drive, bro, is when you fuck it up, everybody will look at you and go, because it's an art. Yep. And I want to tell you all, that's bullshit. Because it, I'm a fucking artist, and I would never look at another artist and say, you fucked it up because it's an art. Yep. That's a, that's a stupid-ass thing to say to anybody. And everybody out there, if you say that, fucking come say that shit to me. IG me that shit. DM, slide in my DMs and tell me it's a fucking art. Because <laughs> it's bullshit, man.
0: Yeah, it really right? is. It, it fucked up. It, the 60-60 dry, it was – so there's there's applications for everything, right? Like um, in a home-growing setting, I don't think that method is viable anymore because there's – like I said, there's equipment. Like even a dry thing, you mentioned it, and it's funny because I've used them and I've, I've had – a lot of their stuff um they're not a gimmicky product they did they were the literally what you were paying for the dry tent is literally like almost what you were paying for material costs, so like it was a fair trade you were getting a two by two by four yeah. tent um yeah, you yeah, could yeah. grow in and all this other stuff, and they kind of started adding like lights and stuff to their stuff um nice yeah i i if anyone's wondering why i don't i don 't have any uh, more updates about them, honestly, the owners and I just fell out of contact. Nothing like li- we literally just uh, life life got fucking wild, so honestly, I might just reach out and see what uh, what 's up with their new product lines and stuff like that but i 've used them, so i 'll talk about them. Um, they were an interesting yeah. thing and and if you're going to do if you 're going to be an old school grower and you 're going to hang dry, you should at least consider something like a dry tent or doing something like a dry tent where you have an individual space that you 're sealing. And if you're gonna hang dry, you should really consider potentially adding a fan to exhaust it because, again, all the science is showing that um, the exasperation or exasperation the expiration of the uh, humidity um, that plants put out can be you know ten to twenty percent, and it only takes huh. It swings. Oh through. yes, and it only takes about two to five hours in a bad range for a plant to really uh, get some bad spores on it, right? So it's mm. we, you know, protect your investment. Um, I I don't think is a dry tent as viable as other products when it comes to like there's cure vaults, right? So I have cure vaults that I'll be testing out. And those are basically like big mason food jars with Boveda packets that block out the light. Um, so there's all these things that basically do the same thing that cost different money or cost within the realm of money. Mainly what you have to think about as a grower is uh, what is my space? What kind of life do I have? Do I have the time to be burping jars? If you have the time to be burping jars in your home all the time and you don't, want to go spend a bunch of money on something that kind of just auto does it and seals it itself then get yourself something like dry tents or the cure kits they sell or the, the cure vault or something small that you have to burp right that you'll have to every day go in and lift the jar and allow the humidity to release um if you don't want to burp which i 90 of people who end up Growing cannabis get to a point where they want something automated because life is very very you realize how timely life is with cannabis and how quick you can ruin a crop. Yeah. I always I definitely recommend an herbs Dow dryer or a dryer like that or um you know the canetrol. It's a sixteen hundred dollar investment. It's not cheap. The price point is on the higher end of things. But if you take yeah. and you start, if you as an average grower even in a two by two by two or two by two by four tent. With the cheapest light ever, if you take every bit of cost from soil to electricity to water from every step of the grow plus seed cost, nutrient cost, and you then want to count your time, because your time is money, you know, time we never get back, you know, even at a $10 an hour labor range, which is cheaper than any grower out there growing in a dispensary, um, your time and all of that combined will easily well uh, exceed 2000 to $3,000. So in one grow, you're looking at you have this product that you may not grow $3,000 worth of cannabis, but you are spending generally around that range if you are counting your time, if you're counting the utility costs, the effort, and all that. Even if it is a $1,000 on one grow or less, like let's say each grow you manage to dial in and it's like 300 bucks. After so many grows, you're going to be surpassing that $1,600 mark. So to invest in equipment like that is basically like a long-term investment. You need to look at it like price per grow. Um, has the Can of Troll changed my entire process with everything? Yes, it, it drastically has. Like Before, um, I, you, whew, the headache of leaving town where I had jars on my counter, and I asked the person watching to burp my jars. They did it the first time. They did it the second time. The third time they watched our apartment, everything went to shit. Just, it was a very bad experience. And my jars, my uh, all of my cannabis went to hay smell. Um, I mean, Uh. it just, it's, so all it takes is like literally just one little blip, right? So, Automation is kind of everything, I think, in 2024. Yeah. That is the big thing with, I mean, technology. I don't necessarily always like the way t- the, the route technology goes. Like, you know, AI, I'm not a big fan of. But at the same time, I fucking love Mid Journey for producing some artwork for tattoos, right? So it's the same concept with, um, I get the old head grower mentality, and I get the application of the sixty sixty or hanging plants if you have an outdoor operation that you're growing a thousand plants and you have a you have to store those thousand plants or dry them. The best option is to do like a cyclical thing that you can like wind down trays that have plants hanging on them that are like wall to wall in a big ass barn. So that's how a commercial facility will do it. But for a home grower, what there's, they're really hanging a plant is kind of a waste of space. And I shouldn't say a waste of space. It takes a lot of space. It takes a lot of extra time compared to products that are now proving out to actually dry plants better. So that's, that's where I kind of stand
1: yeah exactly man like you know it's just we're not we're not using all of our old technology from the 90s right nope. we're we're it's 20 2024 now and everything's progressing and uh finding a new way to do something is always a good thing like so is the flower you're trimming right now is that fresh out of the can control? uh
0: no so this hasn't even been in the can control. Okay, so this is fresh um, chopped, is fresh and now fresh it's chopped go going straight into the canterol. So what I
1: Cool, so you're doing a wet trim basically. Yes,
0: cuz what I found is if I put too much stem in, my humidity goes too high and I get a slight hay smell with too much of the chlorophyll type contents in the the canterol. So I okay. do I buck it all pretty heavy and then I leave uh, you know, like, it's like, a, it's like a a a very faint trim. Like, I'm not doing some crazy manicure. There might be some extra leaves here and there. Um, there might be some stuff that, like, people would be like, oh, man, you smoke that, bro? That shit makes the bowl harsh. But see, here's the thing. It's all covered in trichomes, and I'm smoking my trichomes. You know what I mean? So, um the anything that i trim off i go ahead and dry ice hash so that's what i pretty much do nowadays is it goes straight to the can control i press the start button for the dry cycle and three days i know it's dried and then it goes into a cure cycle for the other you know however long it's stored in there and you know the cure cycle is technically done in uh, 14 days but you know the whatever i have in there i've i absolutely can't attest the stuff that I let sit and I smoke like after because I've smoked through most of my glue of the gods, but I have still some in there. The stuff that's sat in there has definitely it will hit way. I will have to like smoke a bowl or two less than what I you know, fresh stuff. So I am noticing potency actually being affected. I am noticing that the flavors come through stronger. A lot of things with the Troll that I'm actually excited for. Um, that is a struggle to get dialed in with jars.
1: <laughs> I, I can imagine because they're just they're they're taking the science to the next level and using dew point versus humidity. Yep. And that's uh, that's just like extra dialed in right there. Yep.
0: And for those who don't know what dew point is, dew point is basically like the amount of moisture particles to water molecules that are expended in the air, or ex- like like they're floating in the air in suspension. So or something something like that. Like, dude, they explained it to me the first time I talked to them. They lost me on a little bit of the science-y stuff. But again, these people came from making um, stuff for cheese, and cheese is mad, yeah. like super delicate. And you ha- I mean you're growing mold, you know, right? So that's a fungus. Most cheeses are funguses. Um, so you have to be very specific with the atmosphere that you're growing because if you grow the bad kind, you can uh, kill someone. So uh, you don't want to grow the bad kind of fungus. Um, but yeah, it's, it was quite interesting. And like I said, $1,600 is a hefty, hefty, hefty price, but I actually do think they do, they work with growers. I don't know if they do financing or not. You should definitely check their website out. But all I know is coming up, saving, even if you set aside a hundred bucks a month or 50 bucks a month until you reach your goal of getting the sixteen sixteen hundred, 1600, it's, it's already paid back to me. Um, Absolutely. I've ruined a bunch of crops. I could personally tell you I've ruined a shitload of uh, just uh, – because here was, here was my burping regimen. First uh, first week, uh, you have to burp your jar two to three times a day. I always did three times a day for 15 minutes at a time. That's 45 minutes of your day worrying about your jars being open and monitoring whether or not bugs, pests, or anything else is getting inside your jar. You also have to make sure that you're putting your jars open in a non sunny area so that your trichomes don't get degraded um then the second week would be burping every other day two to three times a day so still 45 minutes every other day that you're burping and spending time with your plants um in your garden and then the third week would be uh Once uh, every other day, you'd burp for 45 minutes. Then the fifth week, and basically you would keep lessening to the point where you're getting, uh, I believe it's the 60-day mark. You can go down to once a week, the uh, three-month mark. Uh, You can go down to once a month, I believe, is what it was in the curing thing. So so now instead of having to remember all of that, uh, nights where I would maybe want to have a drink or nights where I would want to smoke, um, or dues, whatever, whatever people I'm, I'm trying to list out a bunch of different options for people, when people go to relax, but, but let's say I had a drink one night and I wanted to fucking relax and I end up falling asleep on the couch or something like that. Well, I can't tell you how many times I'd wake up in a panic the next morning because I forgot to burp my fucking jars. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's where something automated once again will come into play like Grove bags. Yes. Um, those are hot right now. I use them. And they help me with that whole process because once they go in the bag, I don't have to worry about it. I can even toss in like an Integra Boost Pack yep. and uh, know it's going to keep it right there at 62 if I'm a little low. Um, but, you know, typically when it comes out of the dryer, there's that little bit of moisture left in that stem that I want that to come out and into that bud before I do
0: anything with an Integra Boost Pack. Yep. And that's with anything, honestly, like I, I now that I've used and have grown a good bit of used a decent bit of products, grown a good bit of different plants, height, different size, different plants. Because all of that comes into play too. Like how big of plants are you growing? You know, because then that, that yeah. also determines on like, okay, what what product would best fit your setup? So like, that's what I mean, like no one grower is going to be able to just watch something another grower does and exactly, unless you literally have all the same no. variables, it's always yeah. going to come down also to like, what company do you want to uh, uh, support are you do you speak with your dog because i'm a, I'm a person that speaks with my dollar you know I very much support people I want to support I'm all about small businesses yeah. um, one of my favorite yeah. things about uh, supporting Jane and David Sandelman is a uh, uh, they reached out to us to come onto the podcast initially um, when I first had uh, talked to them way back when on my old show and they were very kind uh they were both very very like uh uh intelligent when when talking to them and we had a great episode, one of the best episodes that we actually had on air. A lot of people really liked it because they did—they gave so many tips. And these are two people that did, they never really came from cannabis, but they saw that what they, what they could do could help a lot of people, and they made a product for this community that they wanted to be a part of. So I like to support that stuff. I let my money talk with those types of things. Um, I'm sure Grove Bag, if you followed them, I'm sure they probably do some cool stuff. I'm sure the other guy probably does some cool stuff. I know yeah. you said you talked to him and things like that. So. Uh, honestly it really does when people are for those listening this isn't supposed to be a video where we're pushing products in you in your face this is more so a video of hey listen uh it it might take a couple tries to maybe find a product you really like obviously buying something like a can of troll you definitely don't want to be like well i bought that now it's a waste No, no no i can tell you without a fact you won't waste your money um yeah but like with when it comes to all of the things that are you're listening to, you know, maybe you buy one product one one time and try it and you're like, "Okay, I don't like this." That's what it's kind of going to be. Growing is kind of all about figuring out what works for your best for your setup because if you grow these massive freaking plants and like I said, you're an outdoor grower, um maybe, you know, getting a completely sealed shed built on your property that is your uh literally your chamber for drying your plants that you dial in like a massive canetrol which actually I believe canetrol does do commercial stuff but anyways regardless if you decide to just DIY and build it that might be a better option for you versus the person who, um, like like I said, has a closet worth of space that they can maybe dedicate to growing and drying, and they need a small way to dry or cure their plants. So there's there's yeah. there's things for everyone. But you, as a grower, you yeah. have to kind of take the variables and figure out what variables are yours. You know?
1: Yeah, I think I think your goal and my goal are the same. Where we're here just speaking to the community and just. Shedding light on new ideas.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt, most definitely. And it was like I said, it was your idea to have the episode. It was kind of perfect because uh, here I am trimming some uh, sh- trimming some bud. Well, so yeah, well,
1: I know we both got both have tents that are coming yeah. down. I'm waiting to chop two more plants because once again, here we go. We're talking about size, space. Um, for me, I don't have enough space in my dryer, so I got to kind of stagger my plants out, which is cool because I harvested one a little earlier, the Alien Gorilla Cookies. I already knew I wanted that to be an energetic strain. So I wanted to kind of boost that factor on it. Uh, But, you know, I got that Straw Cheesy in there, and I'm letting her ride. Because I want to go to sleep
0: when I support her. <laughs> and see that's you know what and I mean? that's the fun of like having and that's where it's like you also need to like, okay, how much space do I have? How many plants am I growing? When's my harvest days? Am I on a perpetual cycle where I'm harvesting this much? How much of excess product do I usually have on stock? All these kinds of questions need to be answered because if you do have an overload of product, you're gonna have to figure out a long term solution to actually store that amount of product. Yeah. Um and, and most of the time, most people are going towards the extraction storage where you you turn it all into hash or dabs or some sort of like that, and you're turning it. You're, you're taking that the quant, uh, the you know the, the overall mass down to a smaller mass to store, as well as it won't degrade. The terpenes are a little more protected, having been extracted. Yeah, and I think
1: you and I are the same. We're not looking for yields. We're looking for different
0: flavors. And high yep, herbs. and tri- I grow. Tri- I grow for medicine, man. We we talked about. Yeah, this. I grow. I grow
1: oil. I'm an oil farmer over right yep. here. man.
0: <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like I like my hash, so I know that I need plants that produce trichomes that are worth um, having on the trim. Because here's the thing about growing for me: every aspect of it at this point needs to make sense for me to put my labor and time into it. Because that shit, I'm. I i i will say it time and time again. Time is the only thing that it really is – it really – you can't put a price on it. I know we always do in our daily jobs and things like that. But at the end of the day, your time on this earth is fucking invaluable. So – Um, I try to do as little as I can when it comes to being in my garden. I know some people will be like, well, that's not really passionate. I have a passion to grow and spread the cannabis and do all that. But I also have other things that I have a passion for. I have a video game company that I'm working on. I have a a fiance that I have to put my time into. I have a dog that really, you know, likes to go on walks and, uh, she wants a nice life. So I'm a realist and I know that people live their lives and I think, um, Working smarter, not harder is always going to be the key to the solution. I think finding ways that uh, help you uh, maximize your your effort and outcome but minimize the amount of time you put into it is always going to be my go-to for trying to – uh, get my dial- garden dialed in like and that is why um, you know you and I talked about uh, talked about the autopot so heavy and stuff like that, but uh, that's why I love the autopot system and things like the can troll because it yeah. literally allows me to automate my shit to where I can go in, make a quick adju- adjustment, say hi to my plants and walk out of my room.
1: Yeah guys, I mean 100 percent i run blue mats and I run autopots, and um, if my personal opinion now is those autopots. Our fire guy, like they, blue mats are great. I had a, amazing root balls, um, from my run in here with the blue mats. Um, and I do like the top down watering and that, that, that sense of when I'm top feeding. Um, I feel like I can do, um, almost like a, a dig a little trench, put a little bit of the, um, uh, whatever I'm feeding right below the drippers yeah. and kind of let them slow release. That's kind of fun. Um, I did that in one plant and the other plants I did some scratching and just tried some different stuff. But with the auto pots, it is hands off and they use so less water on um, the amount of water I was using in the blue mats versus this auto pot system is insane.
0: Yep. Yeah. The auto pot system, when you're bottom feeding, you're not, you're not having to water the whole soil. And what's great about it is it, the soil ends up watering itself because the plants, through root osmosis, will uptake that humidity in the whole, fuck, the whole root zone. Wow, I got stumbled on the whole fucking root zone. The whole fucking root zone, Jesus! Uh, the, the, whole, the whole root zone uh, will just get super moist and wet, and uh, that probably just irks some people's ears on those. Um, I, I know some people that hate the word moist, but the, the fucking humidity of the root zone will be insane because the root osmosis... Boy i know the root osmosis uh and and all that will literally carry that water up there and the transpiration stream of the plant will literally just it's unbelievable how rapid things move through plants in the autopot system when the when the roots are fully dialed in and just absorbing water at all times oh yeah man it is insane
1: man like the the size of the plants that are grown in my autopots versus the blue mats are insane bro like the thickness of the stem. Boy, she's thick. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. It, it, it's thick, boy. Um, I'll tell you what, though. But, you know, yeah. So, I mean, and like um, when you can still top dress, you top dress, the water still, it, it, it um, I can't remember what the word is, but the pressure of the, uh, the osmosis or whatever, it, it still feeds. The feeder roots make their way up to the top of the soil, and they still just chew
0: it yep. all up so i've had yo my roots will come out of the bottom through the uh root stopper mats sometimes when they're vigorous enough in those autopods i'm telling you <laughs> those uh the, the my plants have never been happier if you're growing autos, i flat out had two f- Mephisto genetics that were already partially flowering when i transplanted them into the system and then they quadrupled in okay. size and this is one of them this is yeah uh, and i'm yes. getting it's not some of it's not the most dense to, like, like it kind of is a little airy on the sense of, like, the formation of the nug, but the butt itself is very dense, and I'll tell you what, some of the stickiest nugs that I've uh, gotten a hold of in a minute, let's see if I can... God, this thing does just not want to focus. It's okay. I'll post pictures on my Instagram. You guys, You guys and gals can go see it. It's very black and frosty. If I had to uh honestly take a gander at this from my knowledge of taking pictures from my phone and my app I'd say this is roughly about a twentytw- nineteen to twenty five percent if give or take uh my, my just my eyeballs
1: okay okay it looks dense
0: and happy happy turn of events uh my open pollination of my glue of the gods seems to have nutted on some of the uh the, uh, fucking Cream Tasmo over here, so I got... Oh, really? I got some seeds! <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. we got some
1: specialties?
0: I got some this. specialties going on, so... And to be honest, okay. I will say, um, if you are, are a breeder and you're looking for autoflowers to mess with in your collection or start working with, um... Honestly, Mephisto, you guys have some insane heavy hitters. And I do know for a fact that Mephisto is not one of the breeders or brands that hate when people go play with their seeds. They actually inspire it and often like when people do it. Um, I actually think they're one if I'm remembering the story correctly, which Mephisto, uh, if, you're, if you end up listening to this, hit me up if I'm wrong. Or, and I'd love to chat because this is what I heard from a homie of mine. Um, that you guys happened to hire a dude who ended up breeding out a strain or you guys bought the strain or something like that. Something you worked with him in a sense to get the strain popularized and uh, you ended up – like they took on a strain from from basically someone who bred it out. So I think I – do, I do believe Mephisto is one of the chill companies that are like, yeah, fuck with our strains. They're like Fast Bud Genetics. They, uh, they kind of promote that. Yeah. Atlas promotes that quite a bit, pretty heavy to people just like yeah, – yeah. And so, some companies don't like doing that. For me um, – I think when you buy your seed, you have a right to do with what you want with it. (laughs) I was just going to say that in general.
1: What's your next run's gonna be?
0: Um, so I actually told Mike that I really want um Cream Tasmo or more Mephisto Genetics to fuck around with, okay. um, and those ones will be intentionally pollinated just because I. Uh, now that I'm, I have got my glue of the gods number two pollen. I kind of just want to make sure I keep a stock of just like variety of strains to see, like who knows, maybe I end up pollinating a strain and I test it out later and it increased my glue of the gods percentage or potency by like three or five percent. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, you'll
1: find that unicorn that's what i'm saying so
0: i'm doing that and i really really liked like i said mephisto really impressed me this is my first time growing mephisto and i didn't have any i had no uh uh intentions of having some seeds come out from them but happy accident but all in all i grew them (laughs) just like i would grow a fully you know a a plant that i'm not trying to pollinate and the mephistos i think overall probably produced the best with an atlas coming in right there at the top with them just because those three strains they're the frostiest atlas was a little larfier and that could have been my doing just the way i grew the plants um it's definitely a hash plant on that fruit by the foot fruit by the foot was the terpiest that's for damn i'm sure that one smelled like a straight fruit roll up um but i will say that the cream tasno and these nugs were the biggest of the bunch Nice,
1: yeah. I think uh, Mike is sending me 2020 genetics. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah! I remember he was uh, he was telling yeah. me recently about those. I actually looked up that Durban Sunrise. If you end up getting that, dude, that that thing is gorgeous.
1: Yep, that's what he said. He said that thing. He heard that that's almost yeah, crazy. yeah, or yeah, like that? yeah. Straight up, we were looking yeah, at it the buddy. other day. I was
0: googling it. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> That's gonna be the one that it, you'll be seeing pictures of that
0: coming out of my tent. Soon. Well, hell yes. Well, on that note, we just hit the forty-eight minute mark, and uh, you know, I like—we always like to keep so, it chill for the listeners when it's just you and I blabbing. And I think that we—I think we did a pretty good job just explaining on what the products we use. Um, I have countless episodes in the past of literally the numbers and dialing in and the specific zones and all that. If you guys and gals want another episode where Jason and I really get into what's the proper humidity point, yeah, what's the property point, all that stuff, I'll bring somebody else on. or We'll bring somebody else on to chat with us that actually has a little more knowledge on these types of things, a little more scientific. Um, but I think we did a pretty good job rounding off on options, alternatives. Yeah, um, uh, you've been promoting the Grove bags and the uh, – uh, what's the other product? The uh, dry hemp – what's it? What is it? Herbs now, now the herbs now dryer. You've yeah, been yeah, talk- yeah, we're
1: going to get him on. Have him a yeah, time.
0: exactly. And you've been talking to, that, talking to me about that for a while. And it is a product that eventually, once I have some cash on hand, I probably will get myself one just to try it out just because I'm curious. Um, but, no, I think, I think those are very great options for anyone listening. I think your budget options are going to be either building yourself like a dry tent or purchasing like a little two-by-two two f- dry tent kind of thing. Um, the next step up to mason jars is like a Cure Vault. Uh, cure Vaults are essentially just stainless steel. Um, they block out the light. They have big uh, Bovida inputs or Integra inputs so you can have bigger packets and you can store more. Um, I've
1: seen a new product um, called the Cure Puck. Have
0: you seen it? Basically, when it comes to the small ones, they're going to have the same principality where they're trying to limit how much you have to technically burp, but there's still going to be that burping process. Then once you jump a price point into the dryers, that's when you're going to start seeing from the $100 to the $1,600 mark what you can kind of get. And again, on that higher end, Canatrol, in my opinion, I've looked all over the place they are the top dogs of drying and curing currently in the cannabis industry so they are kind of doing i'd say that's hard to do yeah that's hard to not say yeah. they aren't
1: because of the way they actually dry and yeah store.
0: and and they, because they're doing it on a commercial level and they're building massive custom rooms for people they're they are paying for lab results i mean they're doing all the due diligence it's like when i had um um, the gentleman on from uh, Terra Vesco, um, when he was talking about how they literally spent the first, like, it, back in like 2005, having a microbiologist, like, test their stuff, you know, getting their soil tested and stuff like that. So, like, product companies that do the due diligence and build from the ground up and actually get those results, they're going to go far. And I can absolutely say without a doubt, Canotrol looks to be going far. Uh, you're the probably easily fifth to sixth person that's full-on trying to get me to purchase the herbs now dryer so I'd say they're gonna go yeah. far well we'll
1: get we'll get Scott on here we'll figure that out you know Scott's got a laboratory background himself Ooh. his wife used to work for cloning okay that's fun um yeah man so he's a really cool guy he's a he's a grower himself. And uh, we'll get him here and we'll get him talking and uh, and he'll have a good time. Yeah,
0: that sounds fun. And maybe uh, we'll talk about some cloning things in another episode, maybe like with his wife or something like yeah. that. That would be super cool. We need more yeah, man. female and voices. And, you know, if all
1: you guys out there, if you have any co- anything you guys want us to chat about, hit it up in the comments. You know, yep. do the thing, man. Subscribe. Do the thing.
0: Yeah, hit that like button. Uh, Drop that comment, like I said, and uh, follow along or subscribe from whichever platform you are tuning in from. It does help the show grow. That's how we can pretty much track whether or not you like uh, the show and where it's going. Uh, And if you are on Spotify, generally there is a poll at the end that asks you if you enjoy the show, so you can always put in the question there. Uh, Be sure to check us out on all major streaming platforms, Tuesdays with Chronic – or Tuesdays with Chronic – Tuesdays with TCK. That's so funny. I got used to saying it first person for so long. Um, But I will be back. Chronic and my co host Jason Strange will be back as well. Shadow Strain every single week to blab on behalf of TNB Naturals, Hydro Bucket, Atlas Seed, and the Autoflower Review to teach you all about Autoflowers and cannabis and everything when it comes to cultivation. So without further ado, much love, happy growing, and peace, everyone. Peace. Bow.